I like big beds. I like wide, comfy mattresses that allow me to stretch to my heart's desire and roll over as many times as I please. What's more, I like bedmates that don't take up the entire space I lovingly try to maintain around me. Alex wasn't that kind of a bedmate. Alex was a cuddler, which I more than appreciated right after naughty times, but suffocated me when I woke up to the weight of an arm pressing my chest down, or a hard body keeping me from turning around. He also snored from time to time, which made no sense, since he no longer needed to breathe. I guess old habits die hard. I wouldn't have made a big deal out of any of those things that morning if I hadn't woken up to Alex spooning me from behind, both of his arms wrapped around me like steel bars, and his voice whispering in my ear, I want you to meet my mother. And I certainly wouldn't have kicked him out of bed if he hadn't added, and I want to meet your family. I mean, that's not the way to wake someone up. What did you do that for? Alex rubbed his head where it had impacted with the wall. He was still on the floor where he landed, glaring at me with those gorgeous gray eyes of his. I sat up and bunched the covers around me, still not fully believing I'd done what I had, or that he'd actually said what I'd heard. Cherry, what's up? And ow, by the way. He didn't seem as pissed off as I'd be in his place. Did you have another nightmare? Think I was Willoughby again? His concern made me feel bad. To be honest, I'd never had any nightmares of Willoughby. At times when Alex was too clingy in my sleep, however, I may have elbowed him in the ribs or kicked him in the shin and afterward implied I thought he was my maker, haunting my dreams. He was having nightmares of his turning too, so he believed me. It made me feel the tiniest bit like a horrible person. I shook my head. Not him. Different nightmare. About you wanting us to meet each other's folks. His dark eyebrows came together in a fierce scowl, and he sucked in his cheeks. That usually preceded yelling, which worked out quite well because I wasn't exactly feeling all lovey-dovey at that moment. Why's that so bad? My mother's been hearing about you for two months now. She wants to meet you. And that was a glaring example of why we should let our families think we died after our turning. If the vampire council caught a whiff of Alex's still staying in touch with his mother, they might resort to extreme measures. Then again, they'd have to know he was a vampire for them to even care, so it was a moot point. After the havoc that resulted in Alex's turning, the Vampire Council reinstated the Vampire Social Services, VSS for short, to help tighten the bonds within our community, and decreed a census to record all vampires currently in the United States. We kept Alex's change of status a secret from them, to avoid dealing with the repercussions of breaking the law against turning new fledglings. What if she doesn't like me? Because lovable as I am, there was always the possibility of that. I didn't voice my worries that I might not like her. And you can't meet my family. I can't meet my family again. They think I'm dead. A familiar lump 
formed in my throat at the memory of the pain I'd caused my parents. I followed the news for the first few months after my turning and saw them cry and beg for word from me time and again. Once my disappearance was bled dry by the press, my parents disappeared from the public eye. I tried looking them up online, since going anywhere near my hometown was punishable by vampire law, but found nothing. Since then, I consoled myself with the fact they didn't show up in the obituaries.